cliffcentral.com. We're going to cry, laugh, and love. And we're going to do it together. The Life with Libang podcast. That's what's up. That's what's up. Welcome to another episode of Life with Lebang. Hello out there in the big old world. My name is Lebang Kosana, and if you're listening to us for the first time, welcome to the first day of the rest of your life. You are not lost. You are in the right place. This is, of course, Life with Lebang, brought to you by CliffCentral.com and myself, Lebang Kosana. And what we do here is wholesome content. It is life-giving conversations, value-adding discussions that we have every single week. And I hope that um, this week will be no different. And yeah, you know, as, as parents, we go through lots of different things. We need to think about, you know, what are our kids going to wear? What are our kids going to eat? And an important part in that is the, our children's education, right? And how are our kids learning things? What are the new ways of learning things that our kids can be exposed to? Or are they just going to, you know, go through the traditional routes that we went through? And these are this is just one tiny, tiny, tiny little spectrum uh, factor in a long range of things that one needs to consider as a parent. So we thought that today would make sense to invite a special guest onto our show who can really shed some light into the different styles and different, um, you know, techniques um, of education and methods of educating right now and in future because that is changing. It's ever changing. So please do help me introduce our guest today. He goes by the name of Dixon Willie. He's got extensive experience in building technology solutions with significant social impact. Now, prior to founding Tokolo Technologies, his career focused on IT infrastructure, service management, and he also worked for Accenture South Africa as a technology consultant. So good morning. <laughs> How are you today, Dixon? Thank you for coming to Life with Lebang. You know, it's it's so nice to get... Um, um, you know, a fresh, a fresh breath of air in the studio. How are you feeling? I hope you're good. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Lebang. Thanks for inviting me here. I'm yeah. feeling so wonderful. Good. Uh, for being here and uh, good morning to the listeners as well. And yeah, thank yeah. you. Let's proceed with the conversation. Well, thank you for, for taking the time. I mean, like, as I said earlier, th- you know, education is changing and there's so many different systems and um, there's now more unconventional ways mm. of teaching our kids and, and, and. But I think we can get to that a bit later. You yeah. know, I want to know more about how your business started. You know, you're the CEO of Tukolo Technologies and Technician. Um, and, you know, you know, what was the idea what was the vision? What did you have in mind? And what was your end goal with starting your business? Uh, thank you. Uh, so I I think to take it a little bit back, I came from the area of Free State in, uh, in Valcom, that, <coughs> And then I got to Jobek when I, when I was about 16. And, uh, you know, as usual, the parents don't have funds for you to go into the university. And I said, I'm not going to take this lying down. So I got to Vest University and I decided I'll start my own shop. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the word startup, I didn't even know it existed then. You know? <laughs> yeah. so, so I started my own kind of business on the side with the aim of paying my own school fees. Mm-hmm. So I kind of achieved that, paid for my school fees and... Uh, then I kind of shut that down, went into the work world and uh, worked for data centrics and moved into Accenture. Mm. But that, that 
spirit of entrepreneur was just in me because sure. it's basically what made me so even though i worked for this corporate i still wanted to go do something mm. uh different or sure. so, yeah something that i thought i can i got control and it will help other people yeah so i then left accenture to start uh, we started with uh, to start sogolo technology mm. <coughs> and then the whole thing was about because i worked in so much this technical environment mm. and uh, there's so many people out there doing their degrees finishing their studies but not all of them will be employed sure. so i wanted a way to create a platform where we can get all the skills on the platform and then use them on demand mm. so technician is basically to put it in the short way it's almost like an uber for it support that's ah, where we started so we wanted those small businesses that can't afford to have their own IT guy in house mm, mm. they can go into our application and say i need an IT guy now mm, or i'm at mm. a coffee shop somewhere can have an IT and then what this platform does is says okay cool let's who's the closest IT guy now that can come to you and help you ah based so, on on your location based on your location okay. so you then pay there there's no contracts there's nothing you know mm. uh, because sometimes to hire someone full time in the for, to work for your office and you got small office you find that you got for the whole week you got no issue no problems that mm. this guy's going to be fixed so mm. both of you you will be wasting a lot of money and sure. he's going to be bored he'll be you wasting know? his time he will be wasting your time mm. yeah his time you know? so that's why we started technician mm. and then in the process of starting technician we went out like, to india and other guys to help us build this technology mm. that then go so well so all the money that i made from that i took from accenture to start the business all of it was gone time mm. to hey, outsource guys to build this that's entrepreneurship for yes. you Right? Yes. So it's it sounds like that was quite a journey. It's a long journey. A long one and you experienced a lot of things on the way whether it's in the form of meeting different people or just experiencing different things but wouldn't you say that that's a vital part of the entrepreneurial process? Definitely. It was vital because we learned quite a lot mm. because I believe that the learning only start when you have exhausted your resources mm. now you start to become very creative sure. and <laughs> in, to still get this stuff done uh. but that learning brought us the Togolo technology itself because we're trying to build this application eventually we said you know what we're going to do this ourselves yeah. and we're going to learn the skills we needed you know so we learned the skill to build this platform for ourselves mm. and later did we know less did we know that by doing that other companies and other startup that went through the similar journey have experienced the same stuff they start coming to us and say would you also build the platform for us wow. and then we like okay so there's so many people coming through and we understand the challenge that they're coming in with mm. so we decided we're going to now build this tech house where yeah. we start building application yeah. for other small startups or now we're doing for corporate now Wow. you know so and so that came almost by mistake hence there's that so goal and technician uh, it was not intentional that there are these two companies sure. but basically the technician then just became this platform and so goal became this consulting and building softwares for other startup most of them went through the same journey as us so we understand mm. them we understand the pain of losing money when they go out there mm. so we start building for them and from them some corporate guys started saying okay maybe you can do stuff for us sure, as well so sure. that's basically how we got this um uh this uh yeah. company journey yeah. started yeah that is so nice it's always nice where you see the roles are reversed in the beginning you're the one traveling knocking on doors begging people asking for help asking for this asking for that but at some point the roles 
you know, they switch and people come to you. And yes. now they're asking you for help. Yes. And they are, you know, literally having to humble themselves and say, this is what our needs are. Um, and this is the service that we know that we require from you. Can you please assist us? And you're the first people that are top of mind. Exactly. Um, and and, yeah. and we decided, you know, we, we, I mean, we didn't have, you know, we are small guys. We didn't have marketing budgets. Mm. So what we decided to do was we're going to do this work so well mm. that every person we do it for, will tell the others. Ah. And that's basically how we market ourselves. So we now never, we're not shortage of work now mm -hmm. because at the end of every project, these guys, because they are so excited with what we've done for them, they'll tell other people. And our product, of course, speaks for itself when it's out there and people want to know who did it. Sure, And sure. that's basically how we get ourselves marketed into sure. the industry. Yeah, There's nothing better than a word of mouth. Yeah, Good old word of mouth <laughs> is still the most powerful way to market yourself. I mean, I see social media and all these other platforms and not to say that they don't have their place, they do. But if, if I'm looking for a plumber and I call my mother and I say, mom, I need a plumber. And she says, there's this great plumber that came just last week to help me and they're brilliant. I'm most likely gonna hire that same plumber because Definitely. reference, you know what I mean? Definitely. So Dixon, you know, as you've explained, the, the business is a software and tech company, which obviously provides specialized software and solutions to clients. But can you expand a bit more and maybe like provide practical examples just so we can get a, almost like a better understanding of what you do? Because there's all these terms in IT, you know, there's like this and that and we connect and we bush, bush. Just for me, a little average South African who, well, just average listener who, wants to understand what exactly um, are the services and solutions that you offer in the context of, you know, just an everyday. Can you, you know, just put that into like a few sentences for me? Yeah, I think to make it completely way easy. Yes. Is to say we solve people's problems. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Good. the tech languages and all those stuff comes in yeah. because when people come to us, they don't, really have the tech language and this is what we do in the bagger but they'll come to us with a problem eventually yeah. that they need us to solve yes. yeah yes. so for example you mentioned about plumbing if someone comes to us and say i need to make sure that i've got applications where my clients can find me and all those so the uh, the problem there is you finding a plumber mm -hmm. not much of the the tech that happens behind sure. so that's why we, we we come with these buzzwords but we, we hide them under there you know because we don't want to scare you about, <laughs> yeah, this. Don't, don't scare <laughs> about this so yeah so basically we um we people comes to us with their problems we then gonna consult with you and uh basically have a, a strategy of uh because we are from startup background we also want to know what's your strategy of going to market sure. because we really don't want you to lose so much money developing stuff mm. and you don't have proper strategy how you're going to go to the market mm. because then we know first you're not going to talk about you're going to be very upset even if you are at fault for not knowing exactly what you want mm. but because if we do it for you then uh, if you don't get to the market and you lost this money, I've lost the word of mouth immediately right mm. there, you know. Mm. So we then sit with you and really um, form the strategy, understand the business that you want to do, how it's going to make you money or how mm. it's going to help the community that you want to help. Is it sure. really what it is? Or do we need to tweak a couple of stuff in there so that we don't just say, I'm here to buy an app and we'll give you an apple. We're going to mm. ask you, is it a red apple or green apple that you're looking sure. for? So sure. that it fits that uh, um, your requirements. Yeah, yeah. So we then um, we proceed to 
uh, designing your product because there's a uh, there's you talking about something is in your mind mm. we we probably looking at two different things because mm. when you say i want this i might be looking at it as green yours is red so we all mm. don't know what you look at so we go into designing this product take what you have in your mind and bring it uh, to life and say is this what you had what in your you mind want, yeah. yeah and when you start designing mm. it you are able to say actually that's not what i was looking for mm. this so you're going into a debate to actually yeah, we taking what you and your what's that dream that you got and we put it on paper put it on designing too so we can all see and everyone can see mm. what is it that was in your mind and we can agree to it mm. yeah okay no yeah. That, that's cool i think that makes sense as far as the practical side of things so if i was to give an example like right here right now dixon you you saying to me that you um solve people's problems right my current problem that i'm experiencing is that in my household my children are consuming a lot of content uh online but the main language that this content is put out in is english right which is fine but now i'm seeing that my children are only speaking english as a result yeah. even when i speak vernac to them and you know I, they they just like mommy what are you saying and i'm like oh <laughs> my gosh peppa pig cocomelon i'm going to kill you you know what i mean so my current problem is as a mother i would like to create an app or a platform where my kids can can access only african content that is on the same level as your baby sharks coco melons what 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 as far as entertainment goes variety so there must some, there must be some that's educational mm. there must be some that's purely entertain uh, entertainment and etc etc et if i approach you with that problem and potential solution it almost sounds like you would walk me through the process of creating this product other than just the physical platform at the end the way you're describing it yeah. it sounds like you'd sit yeah. down with me and say okay cool let's take it a step back what is it that you're trying to achieve what does it look like ba 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 all the bells and the whistles That's just right. so that i don't go in there blindly yes. thinking oh this is the best idea in the yeah, world yeah, yeah, yeah. god i'm trying to compete with the youtube do you know what i mean yeah. is is that the level of care that you guys put into helping your clients to get their desired output that is right so we go we also have a team that goes and does a lot of research on what you're saying because you might sure. not have done so much research you might not have yeah, you might forgot about your show because your own ideas consumed you mm. you know because when you have ideas some of, some of us think these ideas are completely unique and special mm. uh, that's okay but ideas are really not unique the ideas are everywhere is now how do we execute this thing exactly. you know how do we execute this idea mm. and how do we go to the market and know that similar product exists mm. and how do we not reinvent the wheel exactly how do we take those similar products and say yours is special in this way mm. yeah mm. and we concentrate on that special part because you never can have complete new concept altogether there's nothing new under yes. the sun yes and and if you do have completely new product it might even have problems when you go to market because people won't be familiar with it mm. so you need to bring what people are already familiar with sure and then add the twist on top of that yeah. to say now this is my special offering yeah. on top of what you already know hmm. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, Dixon, please uh I've really told you my problem. <laughs> so, please get on the line with your team. Let's find a solution because yeah, there's there's things that we need to do. So, 
you know, we spoke a little about a little bit about the education system earlier, but this is something that's always changing. Um, and I touched on how there's some unconventional ways of educating kids and um, et cetera, et cetera. What are some of the programs that you have developed that can help kids maybe who can't afford to go to tertiary to further their studies? And, um, you know, why was it important for you to focus on this specific niche? Yeah, so what we did, I think I've been... I, I loved education, I think, from uh, from day one. Mm. Hence, I refused the fact to say, no, my parents can't pay for the university and then I'll stay. Mm. I kind of refused that. There was so many ways. So I, I got to Jobek. I've been, I worked for the Jobek Planetarium mm. at that point. So I did all this stuff to try and raise money. But then I also, yeah, one of the professors there actually that... Um, I, uh, she worked, she, her name is Dr. Claire Flanagan. She worked mm. for the planetarium and she kind of said to me, Dixon, do you want, I went to her house and she had all these books that you can think of. And she was like, if you want to get a degree, you register at VETS, but you want to know if you want knowledge here mm. are the things mm. that you need to read, hey. you know? So the difference was, do you want a degree or do you want to know? Mm. Yeah. So, I started learning as much as um, I couldn't afford certain things at the university. I started learning, I had access to those books. Mm. So by then, even if I didn't have a degree in physics, but I knew physics, physics yeah. very yeah. well. You yeah. know, I knew physics very well. I could sit with the professors who can argue about stuff. So it brought me to say it's not necessarily the degree that we're looking for. Mm. And, and this is where sometimes got, people got degrees out there, but still they're unproductive. Yeah, they're still unproductive and they got the degrees. And this, it means you did this degree for the purpose of having the paper, mm. not necessarily the purpose of really understanding what is it that you want to do. Sure. So I then decided, I'm gonna, since I've been in education all the time, I decided um, this college is called Edmap College. So mm. this college started kind of years ago with Mintech. And it was inside West University. So when I came to Jobek, this was one of the colleges that sponsored me mm. to study by them. Yeah. So years later, the management started getting old and the like, would like to take over because I always went to give back to these guys. Sure. Every time I learn new stuff, I'll go and say, what can I teach those kids mm. from? Yeah. So then eventually the college says, the management is getting older. Would you like to take over? And I said, um, going for it. Mm. So the college always received sponsorship from mining houses and different organizations to sponsor these kids. But then I think one of the reasons why I started the company was if you love something so much and but you are depending on donation from different companies, one day this donation will run, run dry mm. because it's not the same. They don't have the same vision as you. Sure. Uh, so therefore we like, I was like, let me start my own things because in that way I will enjoy what I love doing because I can now use our own funds mm. that's coming via the business to sponsor these activities mm. that um, that I'm, I'm enjoying doing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this is my really uh, how I got into this education. Um, so what we do is we basically go to disadvantaged areas. We went to Northwest. We, we go to Limpopo. We go to Mpombalango. We go to all these different areas where kids mm. are in high school. Mm. But you can tell that even the lectures, in the teachers in those places, they themselves just have a matric. They've never been to university. Jeez. And these, these guys are teaching mm. the kids, you know. Mm. 
And uh, they didn't even get a distinction themselves in matric, but they're teaching these kids to be in matric. So we're already failing these people. Sure. And, and I decided we need to differentiate between being uh, clever and knowing. You know, sometimes you could be as clever as you could, but if you don't know anything, if you don't know something, you don't know. Mm. So you find these kids are already eliminated by just the fair fact that they didn't have fair chance. Mm. So I then go, after they finish their matric, and recruit, based on the budget that we have, I go and recruit these kids from different areas, mm. bring them to Jobek. We got a residence where they stay. Mm. Uh, we got the best teachers that we, we can get, retired teachers and all those guys that mm. we could get. So I bring these kids from these uh, areas, bring them here and say, for this year, you got, every, you got a place to stay, you got food, you got everything, you got no disturbance at all you got the best teachers mm. show me what you can do hmm. hectic yeah so, so if you get chosen that could be the thing that changes your life definitely so i've been through that myself mm. and i know a thousand more engineers doctors cas that has passed through this system and uh, and basically what we're saying is in this one year, you are no longer previously disadvantaged. Mm. We gave you everything that you need now. And uh, and then this kids goes on to improve those 30% meds max to 90s. So now they've got a freedom to choose what field they want to go into because previously they could have just went to the university and said they're not choosing the course. They are choosing for them. They say based on those marks, you can only do this. So they don't have much options because now the option is being chosen by the max they've got. Mm. So we then change that and say, okay, if you want to be an engineer, let me go show you what this engineer look like. Mm. Let me show you what computer science is. Because in those areas, they're only hearing these words, uh, but they don't know what it is. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So and if, you're not, if you're not passionate about what you're doing, the chances of you giving up are quite yeah. big. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that is quite phenomenal work yeah. you know i think exposure is also a big part of this exactly in those areas these kids are generally not exposed yes to you know a variety yeah. of different people that look like them yeah that have succeeded in these different fields so you know sadly for them in some cases it becomes okay well my only options are teacher policeman nurse yeah or whatever the case is that's it that's it so this gives them an opportunity to dream bigger and also have access yeah um you know to some of these these opportunities which again they previously wouldn't have had i want to go back a little bit uh dixon to something you've just said about university you know being no longer being the only option as far as it's knowing versus just having a degree. We actually had a guest uh, on quite recently, um, Bayanda Gumeta. She just recently hosted a, a parenting summit and she spoke on a conversation she had with her son about or her kids about university. And she said to him, if you don't feel that university is for you and that you're best suited to win in varsity and you'll need a different direction or whatever, Go for it completely. I'll support you 100% as long as you've got a plan. Is that something you believe in? Um, you know, and do you think these unconventional education systems and, you know, the things that we're seeing coming into the future, is that something that parents need to start being open to more? Um, yeah, what, what, do you, what do you think from, from, from where you're sitting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I believe in it being someone that 
I've been through the couple of universities. I've been to Vets, UJ, I've been to UCT. I got my master's from there. Then I sit back and mm. say, did I really need to do all this stuff to do what I'm doing? Mm. And maybe not. Mm. Maybe I feel like universities and school systems gives you what variety of things because you don't know what you want to become. So because you don't know what you want to become, the investor says, learn all these things. And maybe when you're doing your own master's degree, start specializing on this because they are now you kind of get to know what it is that you want to do. You see that the investor courses as you're going to a PhD, you are now specializing on one specific thing. Mm. So all this time, they were saying, here's all these things. But I feel like when we know what we want to do, mm. yeah, when we know exactly what we want to do, we don't need to go through these exercises of doing everything. And this is exactly why you will see people like Mark Zaksberg, people say, no, they dropped out of the university and look what they have become. Sure. It's not much that they didn't drop out because they were not clever enough, but I think they figured out what they want to do so early in their first years that this is what I want to do. So instead of spending the four years, the five years finishing the whole degree, they just concentrated in the area that will give them the most valuable uh, outcome. Yeah. So, so I feel like it's not really necessary anymore to say a degree is what you need. But I think it's more of what is it that you want to do. And there's so much, lot of learning method out there. What is that you, your career, this, the path that you want to do, I think that's, will, unless if you want to be a doctor sure. and you are forced to say, well, for being a doctor, you need to register this board and sure, this is what sure. you need to pass through. Mm. But 90% of us, you need plumbers. I mean, those people are in shortage out there. This mm. is practical skills that you don't need anyone to employ you. Mm. You can do this stuff for yourself. And most of us are going to invest to go do degrees that are not practical, mm. that if no one employs you, you're then stuck. you are stuck. Mm. You do business management, it's good course. But if you don't have any, you don't haven't started anything. How are you managing someone's business when you don't even have experience? They'll ask you for experience or mm. ask you for this stuff. So I think we we need to start doing stuff that are practical, things that we know I can work on my own mm. without being hired, mm. and uh, and all this stuff comes. You don't need university for most of most of the stuff that you need to be doing. Yeah, and yeah. we don't need to force these kids. I think we need to listen. What is that the kids want to do? Mm. Because there's already a lot of people's degrees out there. Yeah. But what are they really doing? Mm. Yeah. So I think there's really different ways yeah. for us to to get where we want to be. Yeah. I hear that and I, and I completely agree with you, um, Dixon. But I'm, I'm also kind of a little bit hot and cold yes. on the matter. You know, like as a parent... You obviously, you know, you want what's best for your kids. And if for you, what was best for you was going to university, getting your degree, and then getting your job, the automatic thing is, well, that's how we've always done things. So this yes. is how my kids will do things. Yes. How, how are we going to get our kids to that point of knowing what they want or at least having a plan because it's not to say that parents don't want to support their children and parents only want their kids to go into university but our kids also need to know what it is that they want to do so that when they don't go through the university system and find unconventional ways of succeeding, it's at least something that they've known that they wanted to do and it was always already part of their plan. Because if I look back to university um, and the, the few people that could afford to 
to to study and their parents paid for their education are the kids that didn't succeed they dropped out they failed they weren't interested the kids that succeeded were the ones who were either on scholarship or the ones who were working two or three jobs on the side and putting themselves through school and it goes back to your point of they know they knew what they wanted and so they made sure that they focused on it so what i'm essentially asking you is dixon how do we help our kids to know quicker what it is they want to do especially in this parenting journey of assisting them in life you know and trying to help them to become better versions of themselves every day like what are the tools that we can equip them with what are the kinds of conversations we should be having with them so that we don't end up in a point where we forced our kids to go to university we forced them to study things that they don't want to study and we've wasted our own money on them Painful. and they've wasted their time because they're also just like but i don't enjoy this course yeah. why did i even do it yeah. how do we avoid all of that yeah i think we still got kids that says i did this because of my mother's yes i did it. this degree was for my family sure. now i've got it i'm going to do something else exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so i think as you said it's so difficult because i think changing this stuff will take some time mm. because as much as you agree but somehow you feel like i went by the university you know without the degree you are not gonna mm. become anything mm. you know so part of you of the parents is to say i want my kids to say they went to uct they sure. went to you are proud yeah. of that yeah. you are proud of my kid when if you have if another parent asks you so what does your kid do now he's doing self learning and 1 2 3 mm-hmm. and you feel you you feel ashamed yeah. because they will say yeah my kid is at uct and he's want to so so it will take time for the parents to also uh, swallow this bitter pill that is not about them you sure. know it's not about their plight it's about uh, this kid mm. and and somehow i feel like we are also too busy with our daily work mm. i've also got uh, twins but we are too busy with our daily work that we don't have time to actually see what these kids are actually interested in doing mm. so i mean what i do my 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 kids now one of them she he writes He, he draws comics and he writes books mm. and when i take time to go look through this stuff and i'm like wow there's something in here yeah. you know there's something in here that i could and they he then run this stuff via my copier machine and start selling this stuff at school <laughs> you know <laughs> so you've got a little entrepreneur in the house yes yes we start selling this stuff <laughs> at school and we we know that they will go different phases mm. now they will like this one thing then they will like something else then they will like something else mm. and if we're not supportive through during that time mm. it feels like you have ignored them with mm. that then they mm. if tomorrow says okay maybe this is not the thing sure. so i will jump to this other thing then sure. you ignore that again and it's like okay maybe this is not the thing they tell yeah. the time they get to matric in fact most of the people they are already in matric and they don't know what they want to it's do it's too late you see it's too mm-hmm. late so i think the best way for us to start really understanding what these kids want is really when they're still young and really see what is that they're interested with because i've seen it with myself i've done something when i was young then you ignored it then later on in life you find yourself going back mm-hmm. to do exactly that mm-hmm. and that's what makes your your career successful you realize that what you did when you were young before you were influenced by a lot of other stresses and financial stress when you are a baby you are not influenced by anything sure. so anything is really possible so what you had dreamed of then mm. probably that's what you should be doing but in between it gets so much stuff start coming in your life and mm. it's it's now about you know this job is not going to give me so much money as hey. that this one doesn't pay so much money as that and 
I've looked through this to say, even a plumber can earn more money than some of the professionals. Oh. Because it's a, it's a demand thing, you know, mm. because, I mean, if your toilet is blocked, whatever I will charge you, you're going to pay me. Of course. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you will. <laughs> you, you're going to pay me to get that, that uh, problem sorted. Mm. So I think parents, we need to really start concentrating on the kids now when they're still young. Sure. We need to spend much time to really understand what is that they like, mm. you know, mm. not at a later stage, then it's too late because the time we jump in is when these people are already going to the finishing high school. Now mm. they're going to the places we want them to go now, mm. which is a university that's excites you now. But you are, you are not really involved mm. in the early stage to really understand what is that they like. Sure. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like. We also need to change in the parents need to change in time to also encourage these people to be free thinkers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you think about it, if they go to when they you go to the university, probably I'm gonna do the same thing you did mm. as a parent when you started mechanical engineering, I'll probably do exactly the same thing. Mm. And the world has changed so much from that time exactly, to now. Exactly. And I feel like at the rate where the world is changing, mm. the university degree cannot cash, cash up. Exactly. It can it can really catch up. The time you finish your four years, things have changed. Things have moved yes. so fast. Yes. Now there's AI, there's robots that are doing your job for you. You exactly. were doing four years of this course thinking, Oh, I'm gonna make my parents so happy and then you get into the, the working world and there's no longer a place for you. Yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned that, you Dixon, know? because like I'm I'm constantly having these conversations with people about, you know, what is the better way to be a parent and what should we do and blah blah blah. And obviously it's different for all of us. But the one thing that I can say all of us need to do the most is just know our kids. Yeah. Just take the time to sit, have conversations with them, understand them. This is what they're going through, this is what they're not going through. The more you know your child, the better you are actually equipping them for the real world. That's good. Versus just like leaving them to make their own decisions yeah. and then as to your point only jumping in later when it's too late and yeah. you know you could have as a parent you could have been the person that changes your child's mind about what career that they're going to pursue if you had just taken the time you've come back from work it's been a long day you're exhausted you just want to go sleep while you're walking down the passage just knock on your kid's door hey how are you how was your day oh i see you're doing some drawings let me quickly have a look you know, just your so comment on that is powerful. It is so powerful, and it's it powerful. It goes miles. Yeah. It goes years and years further yeah. than any stranger on the streets validation. Exactly. Um, and you know, it's ripple effects. It it starts to affect the child as they grow up, as they're going to primary school, as they're going to university, or even if they don't go into university. That confidence that a child has in themselves and their drawings. Yeah. They know that ah, every single night my dad would knock on my door, come we'll in, come and, check. and give me feedback. feedback. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's so it. that's it. I definitely think that that's that's a bigger part of you know, how, how a person or a child can know what it is that they want to do um, when they get into university. You know, I, I want to almost find out, like, from you, Dixon, what level of involvement does creativity play in the process of what you do? Because IT is a very, you know, it is what well, it is. Yeah. You know, there's codes and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it kind of is what it is. It's there, you put it together, boop, done. But what level does creativity play in um, the process of providing some of these solutions? Because when you're pushed against the wall, that's when you come up with things. Yeah. When you don't have the means, that's when you come up that's with things. It. So on a daily, you know, every day, day-to-day -day basis, 
how often are you finding yourself and your team having to be more creative in finding some of these solutions that your clients have? That's exactly. So I think that's a, a, the right question. And, and I think most creativity comes when you are really placed against the wall. Sure. When you've got no resources, mm. you become... Because now you can't just throw money at anything, mm. at any problem. You can just say, okay, that's a problem. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. Mm. When that fund finishes, the creativity level increases. Because now you need to find a way to say we got no marketing budget how do we still market sure we don't have this how do we still do this mm. so i think creativity really plays a very good role uh, like important role in in uh, i know it is big mm. uh, it's, 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 it's wide spaces infrastructure it's apps it's all this kind of stuff combined together mm. but i play in the software space side which is more there's more creativity there from even designing what we design. Uh, we need to be very creative in say, is, will people use this? How is people going to feel about this? Mm -hmm. You know, because we're building this technology for the people that are not in tech. Mm -hmm. If we are all in tech, then they won't even use our product. So we're building this for people that don't even understand how this thing works. They just want this thing to work. Mm -hmm. So we, really, the creativity is... We, we have to imagine things. Yeah, we imagine a future that is not yet, is not there yet. And we have to imagine how people interact with this future that we are building. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I would say the creativity part is basically what powers us. Um, and I think also what makes the startup more interesting than when I'm in corporate. Because I feel like when I was in corporate, I'm not given that room mm. uh, to make the mistakes sure. to be creative to be make creative. mistakes and learn from them mm. i'm not given that room and hence in the startup world it gives you that space to say okay let's try this it failed okay we learn two things from there sure. let's try another one it failed we learn so we just have the joy in doing that and sometimes i feel like maybe we should continue staying a startup because yeah. as soon as you move uh, every time you, and and I, I understand the corporate because they are bigger they got so many things to be dealing with now they have to put rules what you can't do because maybe it will be chaos mm -hmm. but i'm trying to figure out how do you combine that a bigger corporate and this creativity together mm. so that there's no chaos we understand that it could be chaos if you've got a thousand employees all of them trying to do their own things sure. but how do we like bridge this together that people are still feeling uh, creative mm. you know um, um, you see i think there's more sense to there's more it's not just about how much money we're earning. And this is why people get into depression because they're not doing things. They're not fulfilled. Yeah, they're not fulfilled. Mm. It's more than just the paycheck that finishes mm. two days after you get paid. But what is that you're doing the whole month that is really keeping you active, looking forward to go to work? I mm. think that is the most important part because when I left corporate, we, didn't, we were not even earning any money. All the money was finished. But as to worked up so early, 5 a.m., sleep so late without any paying, mm. without any getting paid of this stuff. So it means whatever I was doing was so good. I, I really love what I'm doing. And it keeps yes, me it's, awake. You it's, know? It's, the, it's the passion yeah. for your work. That's the thing that fuels you yeah. and drives you, not necessarily how much you're going to get paid at the end of the yeah. month, right? To your question about, you know, how do we get big corporates and, you know, those organizations that have maybe over 500 employees, how do we still keep them hungry? How do we still almost keep them at a startup? I think the black and white of it is that 
there's simply no way for a startup to remain a startup. The purpose is to grow. Yeah. However, how do we grow and not lose that essence of like fire and that spark? You know, I think a lot more corporates should really be collaborating with these startups yeah. and with the smaller guys, not with the intention of just like buying them out yeah. or taking over what they're doing, but the intention of almost like having shared spaces and shared, um, you know, methods of operating so that we can essentially like learn from each other yeah. because the startup is saying, I want to become the big corporate one day. And the big corporate is saying, I am this big corporate. However, there are things about being a startup that I lack currently in my organization of which you do need outside people to come in every now and then just to check if the, the energy and the mood is still all right, mm. you know? Mm. Um, and it's an important thing because the level of hunger that a startup has compared to a big corporate, it's different. Way different. A startup has a budget of a thousand rands. Yeah. A big corporate has a budget of a million rand. But yeah. that startup will create a project for you that will blow your mind. That's it. That's with those it. limited resources. Yeah. And the big corporate will be like, oh, well, we've been doing this for 40 odd years. We already know what we need to do. Yeah. Just get the usual guys to do it. Yeah. And you see this monotonous, unexciting, copy paste seeing the same thing over and over again same thing over and yeah. over again that is just lifeless yeah. now imagine being the employee working at that big corporation going in and out every day doing these things and so much hours of things mm. you don't like so I've, in my startup i've got guys that were senior managers for insurance companies mm. and for different companies that came and joined me and i said to them listen i don't have money to pay you and yeah. they're like don't worry about it when they came they're like don't even pay me anything. Sure. They just love the fact that they are able to build something. There's no, no better feeling mm. than when you build something new, something you, you imagined and now it's there. Oh, yeah. And people are using this thing. There's oh, yeah. no better. It beats the money that you're getting paid uh, at work, you mm. know. So I've got a couple of guys who joined me in mm. that way to say, we love what you're doing. Let's join. And they're able to control things. They're able to say, let's do it this way. Yeah. And it goes, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, and you find that when we have to deliver, and that's why we've got a couple of corporates that comes to us, mm. because we can deliver projects faster at even lower budgets uh, than the corporate itself. Sure. Because we are, we like really love what we are doing so most of the time when a client comes to me i'll say yes we want the money but what is this project about yes. then i'll talk to the guys and say this is the project are we feeling this project mm. so the guys need to feel that by doing this they can go blag about it yeah and say look at that thing that was us look what we did yes so we, we choose our projects we want projects that we can also brag about we mm. we can feel good about doing that specific mm. something project. inspiring yes because if we just take a project because it's got a lot of money, halfway through the project, the guys will lose because the money is not what really excites. It feels like it's what's exciting, but it's not. It's, it's going to be packed on the corner. Now it's you and this project that you don't like. And eventually this project is not a success. Mm. I feel like it's the same way where I went to the university paying for myself. So if I'm paying for myself, definitely the course I choose is what I love doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's what I love doing. And there's no failing. You, I, I couldn't fail. I'm so good at it because I really love this specific course that I'm doing. Sure. Yeah. So the room for fail becomes really very small. Yes, yeah. You fail, yes, but then you wake up again and you continue. You've got this determination mm. that I'm going to achieve this mm. thing. Yeah. 
I love that. Yeah. Jason, I want to talk just a little bit about, you know, uh, the fourth industrial revolution. I think it's a bit of a buzzword. I don't even know if it's, it still is, but there was a time where everyone was like, oh, 4IR, 4IR. You know, that is, that's where there's high capacity connectivity, such as virtual reality systems, and also improvements in transferring digital instructions into the physical world. What are some of the things that, you know, as parents can do to prepare our kids for the fifth industrial revolution? And this is obviously where automation and artificial intelligence um, transform the way that we live and work. How can I practically prep my child for that reality as we move into it with the resources that we currently have now and whatever access we have now? If I want to assist my child in prepping them for that, what is it that I can do? Yeah. And I think, as you said, with the buzzwords. Um, so, <laughs> so I like that part because I always tell the, the people that, so if, especially us, if we are in this, we need to understand, we, we watch the buzzwords coming out. Mm. Then I don't jump into them immediately. Mm. I wait for them and see, are there really buzzwords? Is this here to stay? Mm. Uh, or is it really going to make a difference? Sure. Yeah? Because I think if we understand the history of things, you realize that, this artificial intelligence things it's not a new thing. Mm. Computers were definitely were designed from day one to do artificial intelligence, to do logic, to do computation, to do all this yeah. stuff. So it's not a new thing. So when it comes out, uh, as year comes and they give it a new name like this AI, and they create these passwords that people are scared of of these things. I mean, people are scared of losing their jobs because of AI. But these things have been there. They just now um, maybe. Uh, they're just evolving and well, but it's the whole thing of computers was to do AI stuff. So I think uh, so understanding what is that you need to be jumping into, mm. and what is it that you really just ignore, yeah. And I think the best option to to do that is to actually say, is this really solving human problems? Because eventually it have to be solving people's problems. Of course, yeah. Because if it's not doing and it's all this fancy technology. And it's not really solving certain problems. Then we're wasting our time oh, yeah. jumping into that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. we need to really relate this to exactly how it's making people's life easy. So I would think for the parents, I mean, for adults, we are scared of these things. We are like, these things are gonna, it's gonna take our jobs mm -hmm. and and all those kind of stuff. But I feel like we need to be working with these things um, because it still need us. And for the young guys, for the young kids, for them, they're very lucky because they grew in this industry. Sure. So for them, it's not really new stuff. It's, it's, they grew as part of it. For mm. us, we know when we had no phone mm. and now we got a cell phone. Mm. We now know how to have video calls. Mm. For them, they were born with video calls yeah. already. Yeah, they didn't have the no phone part. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's basically maybe to encourage them to say, instead of being consumers of these things, mm. how do they participate into this stuff? Because mm. most of us are just consumers. We we are on TikTok, we are on the well, people are making a lot of money out of these things or they're solving problems with these things. But most of us are consumers. It's actually to say how do we take these kids and say, instead of sitting there playing video games all the time, have you ever thought of how can you make one? Sure. You sure. see? Yeah. How can you make these things? Because then you are participating in that uh, environment rather than 
just being a user mm. of the technology and then it's gonna it's not gonna work for you so i think we need to encourage the kids to say these video games uh, can you build your own can you do mm. something this artificial intelligence that we use can you try and do something of your own so that you are participating and not being a consumer of the technology yeah yeah, yeah. Dixon, i'm glad that you brought up um video games right because generally like video games kids start playing with them from a young age and when i think about you know from a young age what are the current you know in primary school how the kids are being taught in the education system and what 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 as far as evolution goes and staying with the times all i can think of is like robotics and this is almost like a new um subject that has been introduced in primary school which is good because you know great our kids are now keeping up at the times etc etc but the majority of kids in south africa are still not yet at that level where they have robotics as even an option. So, Dixon, as as a professional in the field of IT solutions for an array of industries, if this, what are some of the things that this, the primary, the early childhood development period, so from like age two till let's say eight, what are some of the systems that we can put into place now that our kids can engage in so that they are better equipped for the future so that they are better equipped to have the confidence to come up with some of these video games and to not just be consumers and to rather be the creators because it seems like it's they're so limited uh, but there's so many things out there in the world that we now have access to surely we should be able to find some systems and almost just plug them in um, you know to and give them to the teachers so that they can start start using them but this is such a slow almost pickup in this is like a backlog where the education mm. systems are like ah we'll get there ah, we'll get there now only a certain amount of kids do robotics at school so what you know what what are some of the things that we should be implementing at that primary school level and why is it taking so long for us to get there yeah so i think one of them is uh i think even the teachers themselves most of the teachers don't understand the subject itself mm. yeah and i feel like something in schools needs to change i think we do a lot of teaching mm. instead of working with these kids mm. yeah because we we are doing a lot of we are downloading information to them instead of encouraging them mm. to because i think the kids are way more creative than you are <laughs> as a teacher <laughs> you know definitely yeah so i think it's also in school it's time to allow the kids to teach us and we become we teachers become people are guiding these kids mm. in where their thinking is mm. going because if the teachers does the teaching you are only giving them information that you know you 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 you're closing them their mind to what you know sure. and what you know is now almost in the past these fundamentals that you know that are good mm. but in terms of where the future is going you need this extra mind to be teaching you Sure. and you become basically um um kind of a guide in the classroom where you are guiding them mm. to where because i tell you right now even if you are a teacher to teaching robotics those small kids they will pass you way ahead of you mm. they'll be way way ahead of you so i think it's time to say okay cool how do we first to remove the noise because there's so much noise as you say there's so many tools mm. so many all this stuff and as i went to my previous point we need to find out what of these tools is really useful mm. 
Mm. Yeah, so that we we remove the noise out of all these passwords and take what is exactly required. And also, how do we allow these kids to actually teach themselves stuff? We are sitting there to help them in that journey, to guide them, to sure. the, guide them, but allowing them to be completely free thinkers because otherwise they will end up just like you. You wanted them to be ahead, to be better than you. Mm. And you are teaching will only end at a certain stage. Mm. And then from there, you want them to take over, to go into this new future that they need to be going into. Sure. Yeah. So I think that's where we need to start. Uh, we need to, the STEM subjects are critical, right, in, in the schools. Mm. Uh, very, very critical because I think we go to a point where most of the schools, they want 100% pass late. Ish. With what it doesn't matter. Ish. Yeah, <laughs> some of us when we are in school we are forced. The maths was it's a must. We had no choice but yeah. to do it. Yeah. But you want hundred percent pass rate with what it doesn't matter, and now we end up with a lot of these kids that are sitting at home because they passed your school at hundred. You have achieved your hundred percent pass rate, but mm. they can't go anyway. So how do we then really bring in? Because without the STEM, it becomes so difficult to start building, especially this tech technology-related stuff, because yeah. you need to understand a bit of maths behind it. Sure. Uh, and maybe we could use gamification, uh, because since the people already love games, so what kind of gamification can we give them where they're having fun, but really solving real-life problems exactly. while they're having fun? Exactly. So, Because you know you can't really move them out of the games. Mm. It's so difficult. I've tried it. <laughs> I've tried everything, but you cannot really move them because. from there. But we need to, to figure out then what kind of stuff should they be playing with exactly. that helps them to solve problems as they are having fun. I love that. Yeah. What are some of the things that we can equip our kids with so that they can learn now while they're still young to solve life problems, everyday life problems while they are still having fun. I love that. Yeah. Dixon, if somebody is listening at home and they are mind blown or they're like, oh my word, this is so exciting and they would like to catch up with you online or on social media, where can we access you and um, what are your handles, what are your websites? Give us all the good stuff so we can start stalking. Yeah. So I'm mostly on uh, LinkedIn. Sure. So that's my primary place where <laughs> I go to. Yeah. Uh, so you can basically just type search for Dixon with there and cool. you're going to find me. Cool. And uh, yeah, I'm also on Facebook. Great. Um, uh, on uh, Twitter. Great. Uh, and then, oh, X. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> on you X. See, we're showing our age now. <laughs> yeah. <we're laughs> <laughs> so on, on, uh, on X is. Uh, Togolo Dutch Tech, mm -hmm. and then you'll be able to find us there. And for website is www.togolo, uh, which mm -hmm. is t s o g o l dot com. Okay. And then in there, you then gonna have access to all the other stuff that we do. With. Beautiful. Yeah, we got also we didn't mention we got a video conference platform that we built. It. So if you go to that to it's called imbizo.co mm -hmm. so if you go to imbizo.co or you go to this Togol website it mm. will take you to that and you can use this video conference platform free of charge use it for classrooms use it for anything wow. we built it during the lockdown yeah. uh when zoom was still people were still unsure sure. of what's going on so we built this platform to say we wanted to solve african problems our kids were in the rural areas they got not they don't have enough data mm. so we built the platform in the way that 
it consumes less data mm. it detects who's got problem with so you don't have to mute your videos it knows which video to mute okay. who to okay. so that platform is completely free you register Beautiful. and you can do your video calls there Beautiful. Yeah. I I love it. I'm so happy to hear all about it. Uh Dixon Willie, founder and CEO of Togolo Technologies and Technician. Thank you for making the time to be with us today on Life with Lebang. And I I just know that you know I, I'm feeling like I can walk away from this a bit more confident about how I can better prepare my kids for tech and the future and things like that. And I hope you at home can feel the same way and like he said, Dixon really all over social media, more on LinkedIn, which does make a lot of sense. But of course, if you've got any problem, find the right people to help you find the solution. And, you know, I think that's the best, the best entrepreneurial advice that anybody can get is if you can identify a problem and offer a solution, then that is a perfect way to start. Thank you once again for spending time with me, Lebang Khosana, right here on Life with Lebang. We'll be back next week, Wednesday, same time, same place, brought to you by cliffcentral.com. As always, love and light. Don't go anywhere. Cliffcentral.com.